Does anyone know what the scripture text is going to be for today? <laughs> We've been preaching this now for two months, and I bet by now you really know it. And this is our next to last week in uh, talking about the Great Commission. We are going to end next Sunday by commissioning you. You're going to receive a commission. And uh, you might remember um, when we first started this, when Vern and I did the song and dance at the combined service several months ago, I held up my old Air Force commission. Well, I'm going to bring it back. And I'm going to remind you that we are all commissioned uh, through what Jesus says to us here. So hear now the word of the Lord is in the good news according to Matthew, the 18th chapter, uh, 28th chapter, starting with verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I bet you're going to like this message because it's going to give you a promise that is true and sure. I'm with you always. Most of the time, we're going to like that, aren't we? But as we'll talk about as we go through this message, that also will lead us to places that we may not have thought we'd ever go. I am with you always. And what a great promise that is, you know. Yeah, Jesus has, has come to this earth to bring to us God's presence into our lives. From the very first part of Matthew's gospel, we see that the angel said to Joseph, you will call him Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And that presence came mightily into this world in Jesus Christ and brings to us comfort and assurance in difficult times. We see throughout Jesus' time on, on earth that when people were in trouble, people were hurting, people were broken, here came Jesus and great things happened. There was this demoniac, a guy that was possessed with these unclean spirits. He had a troubled mind. And Jesus shows up there in Gerasene and casts out those demons. And the man, it says, was in a right mind and at peace. Oh, it's beautiful. There's the disciples, they're out there rowing on the, on the Sea of Galilee, and, and they're having a hard time, a storm came up, and when y'all get to go to Israel, you, you might be experiencing that, because I was on the Sea of Galilee one time, and all of a sudden, a storm popped up just like that. It, they happen. And so they are caught in a storm, and they're scared to death, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. I mean, he's calm as anything, and he wakes up and says, why are y'all scared? I'm here. Peace, be still. And the waves and the wind calm down, and the, peop and the people on the boat, those disciples, experience this overwhelming sense of peace because he's there with them. He's there with them. After Jesus is crucified, and those terrified disciples are, are locked there in, in, in the upper room, scared to death, hiding out from the authorities, and here comes Jesus coming to them there in those in that locked room where they're so frightened, so scared, so terrified. And his first words are, peace be with you. And it's like all the terror had been removed from them. And in the 
most famous writing of the shepherd king David, we read in the 23rd Psalm, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they protect me. Even in this dark valley, even the bad stuff I'm going through, thou art with me. What a great promise that is, that we have this offering of God through Jesus Christ, that the presence of Christ is there with us to calm us, to give us assurance, to remove all fear. I've been in many a hospital room or many desperate situation with a family, and we've had this prayer together, and Christ, send your presence on us. Lord, remove all fear. And it's just like a calmness comes upon the person. A fear that was once in that person's eyes has been replaced with this sense that somehow, some way, everything will be well. I believe I've told you about this lady named Verna before, and she, she had cancer. And, and she said, Ed, don't pray for me to be healed, though I want that. Pray more that I will not be afraid. And so the presence of Christ came to her. And even in the midst of cancer, she was not afraid. She was not afraid. Pastor and storyteller King Duncan tells about a man that was in his church named Harry. And he had everything going for him. A successful businessman. He had a beautiful wife and family. He, he had things that most people only dream of. And he was doing great. And then one day his wife said to him, I don't love you anymore. I love somebody else. And left him. And he's devastated. And he began to question himself. He questioned his life. He wondered what he had done wrong. He thought he had done everything so correctly. He, he, he had offered himself totally to this woman that he loved. And he became very depressed and despondent. And one day, uh, Harry w- was walking by a church, and, and he just felt s- such despair. And he went into the basement of the church, and, and it, just this this sense of and in ease and the sense of worthlessness was upon him. He said, what's life about? I, I don't think I want to carry on anymore. And he, he was talking to himself about taking his own life. And there he said, he said, oh God, help me. And he's in tears in his eyes. And he looked up and there's a poster on the basement fellowship hall of Jesus on the cross. And the word said, I know what you're going through. And the Holy Spirit came upon him and removed all sense of worthlessness. And he was able to move through life. And it ended up, King Duncan said, pastoring a church himself. Because you see, Jesus said, I am with you always. And we like that, don't we? Calling upon the presence of this Christ who, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can come and be on us. I'm so proud that Carly remembered the sermon from last week. Does anyone else remember that sermon? Anyone else remember that? I'm so proud that she said that, you know, God is community. And so when we have the presence of the living Christ with us, we have the whole family with us. We have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all here with us us in the presence of Christ. Jesus talks about sending the advocate in John's gospel. He's sending that very spirit that blew across the dark waters there at the beginning of time and and brought forth life and light. That same spirit that occupied Jesus Christ comes upon us.
Wow. I am here with you always. The question is, do we invite that presence into our lives always? Do we think about Christ with us present always? Do we ask Christ to be with us always? Think about that. When we think about practicing this always presence of Christ, we think about this famous saint named Brother Lawrence. And some of you all might have read his little book or pamphlet called Practicing the Presence of God. Brother Lawrence's real name was Nicholas Herman. He was in the 17th century in France, fought in one of the many wars that took place during that time frame. He was wounded, and while he was convalescing, he looked out and saw a tree without its leaves. And is as God spoke to him and said, just as a tree will bear life again, so I'll bring life back to you. He recovered from his wounds, took a job as a valet, but he felt like God was calling him something more. So he entered into a Carmelite monastery as a lay brother, and he was assigned the job of washing dishes in the kitchen. And he became known as a saint of pots and pans. Any of y'all in, on that same? Yeah, yeah, me too. And he said this, most famously, the work of business and the work of prayer are as one and the same. In the clatter of the pots and pans and the demands of the many people around me, I feel the tranquility of God just as much as if I was on my knees before the blessed sacrament. For you see, Brother Lawrence had developed in his own life the sense that God was with him even while doing the dishes. Can you say that? Think about this. I am with you always. Does that mean from 9 to 5? Does that mean from midnight to 6? Does that mean just while you're here this one hour a week? Does that mean just while you're in Sunday school or reading your Bible in the morning? Or does it mean all the time? Because it doesn't always mean all the time. Does that, is, that, is that right? Shake your head if you think so. Yeah, yeah, it means, always means all the time. So think about this. If Christ is with us always, how would it be different then at how we worked in our business or our job or how we, we interacted with our employees? Thinking about that, Christ is here with me as I'm making this business transaction with somebody or I'm having this interaction with this customer or I'm talking to my coworker. Christ is here always, all the time. What difference would it make as you uh, go to the ball field and watch the umpires making bad call after bad call? I speak to myself on this one. Uh, what, how would our attitude and language change? Christ is with us all the time. Think about this when you go shopping to the grocery store or to the mall or to the department store and we maybe ask that prayer that John Wesley told those early Methodists to pray, before you spend any money, ask God if this is truly necessary. I think Amazon would make a lot less money, wouldn't it, if we prayed that prayer? Because Christ is there present with us all the time.
time. Imagine what, uh, you know, you, as you think about what you're going to do for your commitment uh, to the work of Christ through the church. And it's not just something you write down, but you think about Christ is with me all the time. And he's there with us and urging us forward to maybe doing something beyond what we think we could do. Because Christ is present with us all the time. And how about at home? When, you know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes it, you know, it can get a little tense. And you think about this. Christ is present here all the time. And you come to church really anticipating experiencing Christ here. You come knowing that there's a promise that Jesus gives where two or more are gathered in my name. What did he say? I'm going to be there. So you come here anticipating that sitting in the pew next to you is the presence of the living Christ because he's here in this, in this space in each of us and in our hearts. How would things be different in your life if you ask this question, Christ, are you here with me really all the time? And we hear the words, I am with you always, all the time. How does it make you feel now when we think on our lives? Makes me realize that Sometimes I don't act like that Christ is here with me all the time. I just gave you an example of that. I've lost my voice yelling at umpires, trust me. But is that a best witness to Jesus Christ? Because he's there with me wondering, what in the world are you yelling about, you fool? (laughs) Yeah, Christ is with us all the time. So what difference is that going to make in your life? Because we know this about the presence of the, of the living Christ. We can experience it most, experience it most when we hear him say to us, go and do something that I'm asking you to do. And when we realize that when Christ is asking us to do something, we can experience his presence most powerfully and most wonderfully and most joyfully. We see this throughout Scripture as we uh, are going to make a difference in the world, as we're there taking this presence of this loving God into the world to make a, to make a difference, to help people f- be free and help people to know the goodness of God. We know that somehow, some way, God is most present to us in Jesus Christ. We see this Witness in the Old Testament. There's Moses. We, we talked about him last week, if you might remember. And, and he went to the burning bush, and, and God is telling him, let go, talk to Pharaoh, tell him to let my people go. And Moses is giving all these excuses. I can't talk. You know, they're not going to know who you are. You know, I'm a wanted man. And God gave this promise, I will go with you. And though it was hard, and though he had to have help from his Uh, brother Aaron, and though he had some tough times, God was with him. And as the scripture says, he was closer to God than anybody else except Jesus because he went 
as God directed him. And think about this. How would you like to follow Moses? How would you like to follow Moses? You know, being a, being a leader of the people, down my way, and this is, this is anathema to me saying that. How, we used to say, how would you like to follow Bear Bryant? Well, you know, uh, Saban's done that now, but it took a while to get there. You know, it's hard to follow a legend, right? But here's Joshua following a legend. And God says to him, do not be afraid. Why? Because I go with you. I go with you. And there he went, leading the people of Israel into the promised land. And Jeremiah, he's just a young lad. And he's told to go and tell all the people there in Israel that Trouble's coming unless you change your ways. And, and Jeremiah, you know, hesitates. I'm just a youth. I, you know, I don't know what to say. You know what I'm going to say? God says, do not be afraid. I go with you. And here are these disciples. Ordinary men. Fishermen. Tax collectors. Rebels. Going out to change the world. And Jesus gives him this word. As you go, as we'll talk about some more next week, as you go, I go with you. That promise continues. It's January 26, 1956. It's at the height of the Montgomery boy, bus boycott. And the white community there in Montgomery was feeling the pain of the black community no longer riding the buses and no longer uh, doing some of the things that they had been doing. And Martin Luther King was a reluctant leader of that movement. He had received death threat after death threat after death threat. And on that morning, he'd gotten a call in the middle of the night saying, if you don't stop and get out of town, you're going to be dead. And he couldn't sleep. So he got up in the middle of the night, made a cup of coffee, went to the kitchen and sat there with the coffee undrunk. And he was thinking a way to gracefully bow out of this because he couldn't take it anymore. But finally, he put his head in his hands and said, oh God, help me. And as he writes, he said, it's like the Spirit of God came to me and I felt the presence of God so mightily and I heard the voice of the Lord said, continue to go forth and speak out truth and speak out against injustice and you know what I'm going to say and I am going to go with you. And that night, Martin Luther King left with peace in his heart even when his house was bombed just a few weeks later and was able to proclaim love to those that wanted to to seek vengeance and said, from that moment on, I was at peace. Y'all, as we go out and do some things that we may not have thought we could ever do, God goes with us. God goes with us. Even doing something simple and ordinary and reaching out in love to someone around us and we think we, uh, we don't have the courage, we don't have the words to say it or to do or to go. God gives us the ability and the strength for Jesus is with us. 
Will Willimon tells the story of one of his parishioners who had a friend who had been going through a tough time. She lost her mother. She lost her job. A long-term relationship broke up, and she was despondent. And her friend was pray, prayed for her, and the Lord said, call her, reach out to her. And she said back to God, I won't know what to say. And as Jesus promised in John 16, I will tell you the words to say. And so she calls up this woman. They go to have coffee together. And she says to the, the lady, she said, you know, you might want to go see counseling. And then she said, I felt the spirit nudge me. And so I said the words. I said, you know, we hadn't talked about spiritual things. But Jesus Christ is a real presence. He's been in my life. And he's helped me in difficult days. I know he can help you. This may sound kind of odd, but can I pray with you? And the woman said, oh, by all means, yes. What gave this ordinary pew sitter, like a lot of us, the courage to do that? The ability to do that? Jesus Christ was with her. So I don't know what Jesus is asking you right now. It might be to, you know, look at what you have in your finances and maybe take a little step forward in committing to the work of God through the ministries of this church. I don't know. It may be that Christ is calling you to get involved in one of the many ministries that this church sponsors out in the community, the hospitality house, the oasis ministry, the firewood ministry, or making a blanket, or or doing something that takes you outside your comfort zone, doing something you've never done, meeting people that you thought you'd never meet. But as you do so, most powerfully, God goes with you in Jesus Christ. It, It... It may be going to see a neighbor that you have never met. You know, you wondered who those folks were down the road that you've lived there for years and, you know, you've never met them. Maybe Christ is calling you to go knock on the door with a plate of cookies or a load of firewood or whatever and induce yourself and say, hey, I'm your neighbor. I just want to get to know you. Who knows? And maybe doing something brave like Uh, Fred Fonville and Carolyn Thompson are doing or uh, David Turner and uh, Dwight Simmons and Flip going off on a mission trip right now. Going to places you thought you'd never go. But as you do, God goes with you. Just know this. He is asking us sometimes to do something that is beyond what we thought we'd ever do like Moses going to Egypt Joshua leading the people, fishermen changing the world. But as we do those things, we experience the presence of this Jesus Christ who said, I'm with you always, more powerfully than we could ever know. That's the promise. This past Tuesday night, we held a a banquet for our leaders in the life of our congregation, Um, showing appreciation to them, but they also had a chance to commit to the work of God in and through the life of this church. And so on, on uh, Tuesday night, 20 families pledged $211,000. I'll let you all do the math on that, but that's a, that's a good step up for the, our leaders. And, and afterwards, as we're cleaning up, 
Uh, David Wink, we had sung a song as, in, during that time as an act of worship, and the, the song here, I Am Lord. And David Winkler came up to me afterwards. You all might know the song, it, you know, I won't sing it, but there's a line in it, I will go if you lead me, I, I hold your people in my heart. You, you all, some of you all may have heard that. Well, David came up to me afterwards, and he said, I got to tell you this story. He said, when I, I was doing mission work in Chapel Hill, remember he, <laughs> remember he went to NC State, when I was doing, doing mission work in Chapel Hill when they, when they lived there, I, I led, and this is Zach words, I led the Little Rugrats Choir. <laughs> kind of like our guys today. And there are four and five-year-olds, he said, and we sang that song. And, and this little girl came up to me afterwards and said this. She said, that song is wrong. And David said, what do you mean that song is wrong? He says, no, Jesus didn't go if I... I will go if you lead me. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus says, if you go where you go, I will lead you. There's no if in this. He will lead us out of the mouths of babes. I don't know what that young theologian is doing now, but she was absolutely correct. So, go. And he has promised you this, I will be with you. How often? Always. That's good news. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Father, uh, we know that you are here with us you come to us with a comforting presence that in our darkest days brings, brings to us light. And in the times when we're afraid, we hear the good news that your perfect love casts out all fear. And for that, God, we are so grateful. And we know too, Lord, that um, that presence is with us to guide and direct us, to help us be uh, the people you have dreamed us to become. And sometimes we confess we fall short of that. But may that presence remind us of who you are calling us to become. So in our everyday lives, Lord, may we exhibit your love and forgive us for when we fail. And God, we know that spirit offered to us in Jesus Christ leads us to places sometimes we didn't think we would ever go. To the soup kitchen, to Guatemala, to the homeless shelter, to the neighbor who is broken and hurting, to someone down the street that we've never met, but you have called us to knock on that door just to be a neighbor. And God, we know you, you call us to give as uh, you have given so richly to us. And sometimes, God, we can't believe uh, how much you are asking us to, to give back to you and the church. But Lord, we know that's just a token of all that you've given to us. So help us, Lord, at this hour as we uh, we're going to take time to respond to your goodness through our commitments. To do so knowing that you are here with us as we step out in faith. Now, Father, uh, thank you. Thank you for the presence that you offer to us always, all the time. We ask this in the name of the one who's present with us, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.